2: Hi there, this is Tom. I'm the producer of the Guilty Feminist podcast. Last night, Deborah spoke to Sean Binder and Sarah Mardini on Zoom on a live event, and we now present the audio from that event here. Apologies if the sound quality isn't quite what you're used to. Sean and Sarah are in a desperate situation and they need your help. Have a look at the links in the show notes, but also bear in mind, they're being made examples of because the Greek government is trying to criminalise the saving of lives. This will not stand. And as part of the international community, we have to let them know that we value human lives, no matter where those people chanced to be born. Have a listen to the podcast and please do everything you can to help. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.
1: But on good authority that there will be exactly two minutes
0: okay so sean you and i could probably just have a general chat uh before sarah joins us just to just to give the folks who've tuned in something entertaining to look at and listen to Uh, where are you sean
1: i'm in london right now i am in london um, for another couple of days until i go to greece and uh, I'll just that's a foreshadowing of conversation to come but i'm in london for um studying a, a conversion course into law because when you've been accused of one profession that's hated like spying you may as well go into another that is disliked <laughs> like lawyering
0: but did you not already have a law degree was that no. what you did in ireland
1: <laughs> i was just uh generally unpleasant um i am um, i studied european defense and security policy as it happens um
0: Oh, gosh. Well, you've really got the right degree now.
1: Yeah, because I, yeah, exactly. That's how I know that the European Union is defending and securing its border against people who are trying to seek safety.
0: So um, you, so you were, um, you were before that, you say you were sort of a law student because you're looking at it's a little more like a politics student. What was your degree? Yeah. In? It, what was your undergrad? It was uh,
1: international relations, I suppose. Um, and that was my background. Let's international
0: say. you did an international relations degree and mm. now you're doing a law conversion course that's right um if you are if you are prosecuted though if you are you will will you be able to practice law <laughs>
1: no not at all um this is one of the issues that i now face is that i am um, i would like to be called to the bar and um by all accounts a an inn of court. So, in, you're probably familiar with this in, in the UK, it's a fairly ar- archaic system. You have to join an inn of court. These are basically um, associations. And if you're not part of them, you can't be called to the bar. Uh, and I fall at the first hurdle of uh, not being fit and proper for the bar because of the
0: ostensible crimes that I've committed. But if, so, if, those, are, if those, those charges are dropped or you go to court and you're found innocent, you will be able to practice law.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, And if I have been convicted, I'll have to wait X years until I have become rehabilitated, as it were, um, which is rather
0: unfortunate. If you say that again, if you're,
1: if if I am convicted, there is still a chance that I can practice, say, in ten years' time, once I have, once I have rehabilitated, or there's been a long enough time between the conviction and, and my hope to be a barrister. But we'll see how that pans out. Uh, For now, I'm hoping that it won't be a problem.
0: Yes, given you really have nothing to be rehabilitated from, (laughs) given that you are a humanitarian doing a perfectly, uh, 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 not just a valid thing, a great thing. I know you're very keen, Sean, to always say it's just the normal thing that anybody should do and saving a life is not where you can or helping lives be saved is not certainly not something that you Want to be lionized for or made into a hero for, but it does seem to be a very pernicious world where helping to save a life or look after somebody vulnerable can be criminalized in any way. So, and that is the law that Pretty Patel is bringing in here in her Borders Law as well. We assume, That's right. I mean, it's it's such an extraordinary time. Um, our when when you can be. When you, can be, when you can go to jail for saving one sort of person to stop one sort of person drowning, but you can also go to jail for watching somebody else drown. If you mm. watch, if you watch a, a British or a French person drown and you don't try and help them, you'll go to jail for that. But if you try and help a Syrian or an Iraqi or a Sudanese person out of the water, you can go to jail for saving this. Then we've got two classes of people. And that is,
1: I've,
0: yeah, we're really leaning into 1930s Germany, here. Yeah.
1: I found that to be the case, for sure. For example, when I was um, when I was in, and perhaps we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but while we're waiting, I may as well just put this out there. When I was in pre-trial detention, for example, I couldn't feel sorry for myself because, because at least I was, I mean, I was falsely being accused of things and charged with heinous crimes, but at least I was being charged with something. At least they had to go through the procedure of actually bothering to charge me with something. I met I met a, a guy in, in jail who had been there for three months and by all accounts is still in there. And he had done absolutely nothing. He, he hadn't accused him of anything. There was nothing at all being said about his character or he hadn't broken any laws, but he was just in prison because they didn't know where else to put him. That that kind of dehumanization is outrageous.
0: Oh, you know, in Australia it, for years they've had these horrible offshore they offshore people on islands um and they're like concentration camps and it's really, really horrific.
1: Really, yeah. People really die
0: there thing. and Manus as well. Um, and the way they do it is well, they can't get away with that with Australian Human rights laws, so they don't mm. they don't let them come to Australia, and that's the other thing priti Patel wants to do is to take people offshore and start because there's only there's a limited amount of cruelty that can happen on this island because of human rights. So oh, let's find a let's let's find another island with fewer human rights to put people. On. I mean, it's just really really shocking. Yeah. Is that Sarah?
1: I think it might be. Yeah. Hello, yes,
3: it's Sarah. me. Hello. I love you need to allow me to open my camera. So please allow me to open my camera. Um, sorry for being late. I love to be fashionably late. It's a power move, Sarah.
0: <laughs> Sean was here early. It's such a power move.
3: It's, it's always like this. Um, how are you guys doing?
0: Good. We, how are you? Yeah, we're doing great. We were just like having a quick chat about it before you came uh, and just to sort of so that we were uh, f- filling filling the air, but actually we got into it quite 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 oh, quickly. Hey, Sarah! Hello, Sarah. wonderful hey. to have you here. Uh, so, Thanks hello. So let we can officially begin now. This is the official beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, hello, and welcome to this event in association with Amnesty International and Guilty Feminist. So, Sean and Sarah, a lot of people will have tuned into this because they know your situation, but some people will have tuned in because they've seen it uh, on Instagram or Facebook or on the Amnesty uh, link and they may not really understand your situation. So could you just give us the top line? If no, if they don't know who you are, who are you and what is the situation that you are in? <laughs> Sean, do you want to begin?
1: While well, because Sarah's, yeah, okay. Sarah's still Sarah still getting gentlemen first. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so Sarah and I, or, or me, I can speak for myself. I, I'm Sean. I'm Sean Binder. Um, I, I'm German Vietnamese, but I grew up in Ireland, um, and I got into search and rescue based on my childhood spent surfing and air uh, rescue diving, and When I was 24, I thought that I could go and help out. After my master's degree, I could go help out for a couple of months. And that's when I met Sarah um, on on the island of Lesbos, actually, as it happens. But Sarah had been there much longer than me. So I think her story would be interesting.
0: So Sarah, Um, when you met Sean, what was your situation? How had you arrived on the island of Lesbos?
3: um, When I met Sean, I was more like long-term volunteer already. And I was... I was visiting the team for a weekend uh, from Berlin. I was back home studying. And then I think a couple of weeks later, I actually came back on my winter break and I volunteered for a month. And then that's when I decided to stay longer with John. And just after that, uh, the first uh, arrest happened in February. So yeah, it was, it was a really short time that we spent together actually before everything started. So it's just been a like a... Just to be clear, you were volunteering doing what? Um, so basically, we, here you see I started uh, back in 2015. The first thing that they used to do, and the main thing, is session rescue. Um, basically, what a circuit, a search session rescue is, basically, you see the lifeguards. We see them in the movies, the hot ones, like Baywatch, the red. <laughs> the same thing, same thing, I swear. But we do <laughs> red. We wear uh, we wear green, big rubber suit. suits. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's like a yeah, you completely cover your body. And we do the same how lifeguards uh, assist people in the swimming pool. We do that, but in the sea, more dangerous situation because people actually risking their life. It's it's not just going for on holiday to swim. And and I think if we either saw anyone local drowning, I don't think we're gonna leave them.
0: Um, so, you're, so you're chiefly there because refugees are trying to get yeah. from Turkey to Greece, to Greece. in yes. dinghies across the yes. sea. Yeah. And, and so I have often a those of get into lifeguard. trouble and people can drown. Yes.
3: And I'm a lifeguard since I was 18, so I have a certificate. And That's when certificate. I have Sorry. when you bless you. <laughs> when you have a certificate. Of being lifeguard anywhere you are, you have to rescue someone that's drowning in front of you, no matter where you are. Even if I'm just walking around in the canal in Amsterdam and I see someone. So um, so yeah, that's what, how it started. And then later, uh, slowly, slowly we got into different activities. We get uh, we were doing in Karatepa Refugee Camp, we did the hygiene pro- program where we had 10 wa- sewing machines, sewing washing machine, and we wash clothes for people for every single family. And then we had kids' f- activities where we do, uh, um, after kids leave in the school, we give them some activities to keep the education that they learn and just fill up their time with more positive thinking. So this uh, is where
0: lots of refugees have settled in spots. There's a big refugee camp there and there's yeah. limited, very limited facilities there. I've been there. I mean, it's, it's very, very, very overcrowded. And since then it's actually burnt down and people are living in car mm-hmm. parks. Very, very yeah. limited Um and it's serviced by uh, grassroots group, groups on mm. the ground who do things like laundry and, you know, helping with food and tents and shelter and yeah. schools. Yeah, and even, for even children. we had a
3: clinic. So, sorry,
0: talking about clinics. Uh, welcome to Berlin. <laughs> uh, so so you arrived there yourself as a Syrian refugee, yes, Sarah? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I arrived on the north Shoreline line of lesbos back in 2015 and I came back in 2016
0: and your your arrival is rather famous because your dinghy was sinking and you and your sister yeah. was professional swimmers uh
3: yeah we were still she's still a professional swimmer uh and uh um, yeah we our arrival was famous because uh, our dinghy was drowning or, say, sinking because it's overcrowded, and uh, we jumped in the water together with other people, and we pulled
0: and pushed the boat until we made it to the shore. Um, yeah. So you swam with the boat and um, yeah. and pulled it to the shore, um, and then you yourself went through the arduous process of uh, being a refugee, seeking asylum. You ended up finding asylum in Germany, and you were studying yeah. there now. Um, so both yeah. of you were volunteering and doing some search and rescue, making sure people were not drowning and then were looked after when they got to the beach and didn't go into shock and had some kind of welcoming uh, feel to the, uh, this horrendous, uh, life-threatening situation. Um, so what that just gives context to people who may not know your stories. Um, what happened... That you would now be in a situation where you've been arrested. What were you arrested for? Shall I? Go for it, Sean.
1: Um so I think it was the like it was the 17th of February in 2018, and Sarah and I had for the first time done something called a spotting shift. So it's what it basically means is that so the island of Lesbos is European territory but it's incredibly close to Turkey and it's a couple of sea miles basically and there's a final point on the southern arm of Lesbos island where a lot of arrivals a lot of people a lot of asylum seekers at night will try to take that journey and make it to Europe because of course then they can uh, apply for international protection become refugees and it's really important important to have people doing a spotting shift at that very last tip because you can see anybody who's coming in and if you if you manage to see them before they arrive at the cliffs then you can avert a lot of danger and so sarah and i were there one night around 2 a.m i think wasn't it Sarah? and we were looking out and suddenly the police arrived which is pretty normal so we have our jeep there every single night we've had it there for two years and the police arrive and they're these are people that we've worked with in the past i mean they've asked us to help them with they wanted equipment. They needed training. We provided it. And they asked for our passports, which is pretty normal, I suppose. And then they walked around our Jeep, wasn't it? And then they they started like saying, this is suspicious. This is suspicious. They didn't really indicate what they're referring to or why they thought it was suspicious. And then they asked us to go into the police station with them uh, really randomly. And Sarah and I, if I recall this properly, we did not think that this was serious at all. Um, and we were taken into a cell. One night, after like some searching, they had searched us and they had searched our jeep. They put us into a cell. And the following day, they took me to the warehouse. So we have this really massive warehouse. It that we had a clinic that was filled with uh, emergency equipment and, and medical supplies. And they started like looking through boxes for anything that could be at all incriminating, and they found absolutely nothing. And then they to indicate how how uncertain they were or how broadly they cast the net out. They even went through, like, our, Sarah and I were living in a in shared house with quite a few volunteers. They went through our bags of flour, like, looking for drugs, really, really broadly looking for anything wrong.
0: Anything they could incriminate
1: you with? Anything. And they, they took our phones, they took our devices. And then we spent another night in a cell, and they released us the following day, pending further investigation. And at this point, we thought, like, ah, oh, there's nothing here. There can't be anything, because we did nothing wrong. Then five days later, wasn't it, Sarah, we were... Walking through town or something, there was this an article that was written. So one of the police officers had clearly leaked this information to the to defense.gr, which is a right-wing news outlet, and had written something literally like this: a German spy, which was me, and his Syrian accomplice, which is Sarah, (sighs) were apprehended in a stolen military truck trying to break into or infiltrate a military base to steal state secrets. What? It was completely a preposterous. I love the vocabulary here. Yeah, to be fair, though, it's like kind of my childhood dream, so I'm not that unhappy (laughs) about this story. (laughs) Um, But, like, we didn't do anything, and it was really bizarre, and we didn't expect that anything would happen, and we weren't formally charged. And so we continued working from February all the way until August, uh, working shoulder to shoulder with the authorities. you remember that one time we had a boat landing, and we were... It was like, it was a lightning storm and there was like four boat arrivals, like 200 people and we were helping them. And there was a few emergencies. And then the Coast Guard officers who had arrested us that night were just asleep in their Jeep, like on the side. So we worked alongside these people um, until August. And then Sarah, you I mean, you were at the airport. What happened then?
3: Um, yeah, I was actually with Claudia but from, from another episode. So together with the Guilty Feminists when we were in London, She's wonderful. Um, yes, she's great. She is. Um, we were I, I was uh, and we had another friend of mine was there, Alex Tazekan. And um yeah, I was just going home. I was just coming back to Berlin and when I got five police officers coming surrounding me in uh, Lesbos uh, airport, and who know Lesbos Airport is one gate station, so didn't need I didn't need five men to surround me in a station. I was very peaceful. But that day when they came, uh, they came with like a report that was in Greek. And because I knew them before, that's why I went with them, as what Sean said. So that's why I was comfortable with like, they were, Sarah, you should come with us. We're going to ask you a couple questions and then you go home. And I was like, um, yeah, sure. And I'm like, are you sure yeah, I'm going back home? And he's like, yeah, you're going back to Berlin. So don't worry. Um, and the, the paper wasn't translated. It was in Greek. So I just went with them because, again, I knew them from both landings and, I somehow trusted them and I didn't, nothing would go wrong. And then I asked Claudia to contact uh, the program director back then, and then she contacted uh, Sean and I said to him, like, go check on Sarah. And we didn't know what was going on until Sean wasn't allowed to leave as well. And then we were handcuffed to each other, took into their court, testified there. And then the judge said that um, we are accused of being part of criminal organization, money laundering, espionage, trafficking, smuggling, and fraud. And we would stay in detention till the trial, and that 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 was was just the beginning of everything. That was very frightening. Stay
0: in detention till the trial. Yeah, trials
3: family famously Like I, I I don't think I even understood half of what they were saying. Like now Sean studies law, and then when him and all the lawyers talk, I'm like, guys, please can you speak simple English because Mm. I can't understand. So like, I don't think I got half of what she said back then. Um, And like, it was when you testifying was really ridiculous. Like questions as of like, why were you using WhatsApp, for example, instead uh, instead of other apps? And then we were looking at each other, like, because everybody uses WhatsApp. Like, it it was, she was like, basically, why are you using WhatsApp instead of Viber? I'm like, we literally just said, everybody use it. Like, I I didn't think beyond that. And and like, it was just a bit, there was so much tricky, nasty accusations behind really simple questions that or behind very simple actions. Uh, one of the things also we were asked, like, why were you always the first one uh, arriving to the boat landing and why are you always located next to the location of the boat landing? And we we're like, everybody knows that ERCI was, have the forest house from the town because we had our house, housings, because we wanted to be next to the area where the boat landings, because we are social rescue team. Uh, we are registered next to the airport. So if you see us on the satellite from the airport, not because we live there, and you know that, and everybody knows that we live literally five minutes, like um, if you're walking slowly from the from the spe- from the beach, so it just makes no sense. It's just like a big, mm-hmm. this network of ideas that put together on completely false uh, thoughts, and 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 just like because when you know one, let's take one topic. Let's say I said to you add salt to the to the to the um, whatever to the pot. And then we, you know, this is when we were kids, this tele- we call it the, the cut telephone game. That when you keep switching the words and saying it mm. to the people around you, and then the more people say about it, the more people exaggerate, and the more you add, this is our case. It's just based on completely nothing. Of, of There's no proof. And I think that is where, for me, is like...
0: And they, like, the officers who've worked beside you over the years must know... You're humanitarians, you're young people doing search and rescue. You're doing it, Sean, because you're humanitarian and you was in, in that kind of life-saving thing in Ireland. You're doing it because, Sarah, you, you have yourself experienced it. They obviously know you're Yeah, not but structures. also
3: Sean's father also experienced it himself. So, like, we all have background. And it doesn't matter. And also, like, we registered. I don't think they care about why we do it. I don't think they get why we do it. Like to be honest, I say when I was in the ju- also in the judge room, she asked me. She was like, "You made it to Germany. You made it to a comfortable, safe place, and you were happy there and relaxed after leaving Syria, etc. And why would you go back to Lesbos?" And I said, "If I'm able to help someone by just speaking, because I speak fluent Arabic and English, why wouldn't I do that?" And then she was like, "No, but you found a better place to make better money. That's why you came back to feel more comfortable in your life. Would someone say
0: something to some?" Like, mm-hmm. is that something you say to a human? Seriously, what did she like say? Like she was spending- saying you were coming back to Greece to make more money. Or- exactly,
3: because I found a better resource for money. So that's why I came back. What
0: and I used to comfortable life. But that's absolutely not true. It's very unlikely exactly. you're going to make more money in Greece than in I, Germany. Exactly. And I'm not um, giving
3: you the proof. <laughs> we didn't even make money there. You're there we're doing a degree in Germany. Our own money
0: and collecting money. Yeah, that's absurd. so like, yeah. So it's ridiculous. So your trial has come up. In how many days is your trial? 7 days. So and one week, week from now. A one week from now. And yeah. what are what action can those who have tuned in take to help you? What what outcome would you most like? And what can we do to help?
1: I think as as Sarah's already said like if all the accusations that we face and this is certainly true are are baseless there's no evidence of any wrongdoing and we've never done anything wrong then clearly the clearly the trial itself is there's wow. something wrong with it this is going to be one unfortunately with hearts and minds this is what the legal team believe this is what we believe as well is that what needs to change here are views. When you strip away all the accusations I mean that we that we face, that of course we're not spies, when you strip it all away, the question really is, should people be drowning in the water? Should we be abandoning people to drown? And the answer is obviously no. And I think we need to make it abundantly that that's exactly what this is about. This is about whether or not people have a right to seek asylum, which they do, whether or not we have a duty to help people, which we do policies yes. need to change attitudes need to change we need to yeah. we need to just speak about this issue i think more personally yeah. and less legally and so what why the reason that we have this free humanitarians campaign is because we we want to kind of tell that story and take it away from a lot of the legal context and encourage people to speak with their neighbors for example or speak with their politician or you know just just even if it's simple as liking and sharing the story and making sure that it gets out there is important to us. i had a lot of these because it could be anyone. Exactly. exactly, It could be
3: anyone tomorrow. Like it's that's the thing, and everybody thinks like like now people come to us like oh my god, like how could they do that to you and Sean, Sarah, like and you guys with these profiles and the work you do? They didn't even know who we are, guys. Like it didn't matter who were we. Like I think after we got arrested, they realized what profiles we had. And that we were doing this work for so long. Like, it wasn't about Sarah and Sean. It's not about Sarah and Sean Nassus or anyone else. It wasn't about the name. It was about the fact that we are people out there who left everything behind to help others and we don't want to leave anyone behind. That is a threat. And that's by itself is more scary than the fact that they arrested mm. me and Sean for being Sarah and Sean. Mm. That's mean any human being is not safe to do these kind of mm. things. And you know what? I, I don't think. Yeah, it's just, and it's been even the worst part, it's been happening for so long, it's happening even worse. And then, if we also like Sean, yourself, and myself, how many migrants we met inside, forget the humanitarians and forget Mm -hmm. us that we are being uh, criminalized, the the migrants that are being detained for no reason. You know, we had family outside, we had some people Mm who had some source of income to help us when we are inside. But in Las Vegas prison, you get five euros a day seriously and there's no meals there's no water five euros oh. a day what would someone could do that i, d- I just don't understand and even if you want to call your family you need to buy this telephone cards five euros a day just think with me what someone can do with that God. and you're in detention you know like yeah. they didn't even have any meals and, and, and that was detention uh, i didn't even have really women. like so it's just like and when we were translating the translator didn't even speak english in the courthouse I'm not like I'm not attacking, but I'm just saying I'm trying people, people come to us and they were like, but you must be did something. I'm like, nothing. We did nothing wrong. There's literally no evidence, one evidence that we did something wrong.
0: Are they and just like, trying to make an example of you so that uh, to put to, to put other volunteers and humanitarians off?
1: Yeah. I think I think that's exactly the point. It's exactly as Sarah said, is that we are. There's nothing as such special about Sarah, myself, or the or the others in our case. The so it's Sarah, uh, myself, and NASA, and then 21 others in addition are being um, are being prosecuted here.
0: So there are 21 others. So 24, 24
1: total, exactly. And but there's about, at least 180 people across Europe who have been criminalized in at least 13 European member states. This is this is this is not the system. It's not a glitch in the system. This is how the system is intended to operate. I got I remember I got an email from a German speaking pastor, a pastor, mind you, who was being prosecuted because he let asylum seekers sleep on his church pews during a storm. Mm. Absolutely outrageous. This can happen to all to anybody. Well, this That's is the nice like th-
0: of the point. Being prosecuted for hiding someone in your attic in that case. Like this is yeah. it's it's Rings straight a bell. out of them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know people don't like it when you jump to Hitler or Nazis too quickly, but this is it's, it's a real this a real life parallel if yeah. if the pastor of a church cannot open the church doors in a storm to let people lie on the pews to to be dry from the rain without being criminalized what are we saying if somebody can't you know as I said before but I'll say it again because that might part not, might not be in the podcast but um if there are two classes of people one Oh, if you don't save a Greek, a drowning person who's Greek, you'll go to jail because you watched a Greek person die. If you do fish a Syrian person out of the water, you'll go to jail because yeah. you did save them. And now we have two classes of human being.
3: Yeah, exactly. No, no. If, if we stay just on two, it's. Uh, I hope it's just one two. We're talking about layers and layers and layers of humans, and that's been out there. I mean, now also there's another case. I'm sorry, I'm just bringing up so many different cases. I'm not trying to bring people down, but this is the reality that we're living in, and we have to all hear about it. Because, like, now people come to me sometimes and say, because of my attitude changed for so, like, we didn't talk about the personal and mental uh, abuse that we have been going through the last three years because of this story and how much we were living in in, under pressure. You know, like, it's even our relationship, me and Sean, we're like, we are the closest people, but it's just, Imagine I messaged him and I said, I cannot message you so much anymore because every time I talk to you, I remember this case. Mm -hmm. Imagine how painful it is to say that to a friend, you know, like because of these things between, it came between us because of our, it's just painful trauma that is not able to continue. And now you have in Samos, the Samos 2 case, that's about the two uh, two Afghani, they were from Afghanistan, right? Um, The refugees, I think. The father. Yeah, they they crossed Mm -hmm. and basically he was driving the the dinghy, which I will tell you this as from an experience. When I was on my dinghy, um, the smuggler was with us. He comes and see who is the closest next to him. He teach you, force you to learn how to drive, literally two minutes, and then he jumps and goes back. And you're forced to do it, or you're going to have a gun in your head. If you don't do it, you're dead. Mm -hmm. So, And this person drove the boat. He arrived and then he'd been seen by the authorities. While the journey, his the, his son lost his life and died. Oh. And now he's being prosecuted and accused of being the reason of his son's death. Oh, my God. What is this? Like
0: this, yeah, really so devastating that these yeah. laws are being, yeah. bills are being passed into laws and then laws are being enacted yeah. to criminalise desperate <laughs> refugees and who are seeking safety and they're running from terrifying things and also the humanitarians who will, who will have the audacity to help people who are in imminent danger.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash
2: switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: I just, I just, I just wanted to just comment on that a little bit and because like, usually what happens is that there's this idea that we need to secure our border that's literally what europe currently does it invests billions into border control that is putting bricks into fortress europe to keep people out the people they're trying to keep out of course are those people who are at risk of drowning those who are trying to f- flee from conflict and persecution folks who we have a human who have a human right to seek asylum and yet we secure our border because we view this entire the european union views this entire crisis and would i think increasingly also here in the uk as an issue of smuggling, that they view this as a legal activity that should be stopped. And that's why we see humanitarians getting um, prosecuted because they view humanitarianism and smuggling as being part of the same story. Now there's no evidence at all to suggest that they are part of the same story or that they are causally linked, that uh, humanitarian work or search and rescue facilitates smuggling. There's just no evidence of it. But the question then is why? What is facilitating uh, smuggling? And it's so ironic and so dangerous and horrible that it is the securitization of the border itself that creates the smuggling. So if if European policies try to stop smuggling, what they're actually doing is creating the need for smuggling. Because as we know, we secure our border. We've been doing that more and more since God knows when, but in particularly since 2015. So we secure a border against those vulnerable. And then to be an asylum seeker, you have to be in European territory. We are all lucky enough here on this call right now, to have the correct passport or the correct visa or the correct kind of documentation. To be an asylum seeker in, in Europe and to get international protection, you have to be in Greece, in Europe territory proper. What does that mean? That means that when we secure our border and you have to come to the, you have to come to Europe to be protected, you force people to take smuggled journeys. There's no, there's literally no other way mm-hmm. of becoming. Uh, protected in the European Union unless you take that smuggler journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I asked a friend of mine, why can't you just get your own dinghy? And he said, because the smugglers control that pat you come down with your own dinghy and don't pay them. They will just shoot you. You're dead. You know, like I, I'm like, what? You know, so they know this, this business goes on. There's no other option for people. You're putting people in a situation where there is no other option. They cannot claim asylum until they're here. They cannot get here without paying smugglers and without putting, being in very, very, very dangerous situation. And then when they get here, they can then be done for trafficking themselves um, <laughs> or their children or, you know, and then the people who are on the beach going, we just don't want to see any more loss of life and we don't want people to arrive in a such a traumatised state without, you know, a blanket and a bottle of water at the other end. Those people mm. then themselves are being criminalised. Mm. So... What chance do you think? What, do you have any idea whether or not how, how likely it is you'll go to trial or they'll drop the charges because there isn't enough evidence?
1: Look, we are definitely going to trial. I mean, so as there already said, like the indictment, for example, is so poorly written. The indictment against us, or so the writ of summons, the, the document that calls us to court, the defendants are numbered, they're not named. And you don't know which number you are, so you don't actually know what you're being accused of because everyone faces slightly different misdemeanors. There's literal pages missing from the indictment. It is such a terribly poorly written document, and yet when we applied for it to be dismissed, it was rejected, and so we have to go. What that means is that very likely when we get to trial, it won't be actionable. So it'll be postponed. And it'll be adjourned for months and months and months.
0: God, well, that's going to be psychologically traumatic for you if it's just adjourned. So, what do? What would you want? What's the ideal outcome? That in seven days, that the judge just says this is trumped up, throw it out.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, we can show on every count that there's no evidence of any wrongdoing, and I think people sometimes people assume that well, adjourning it is fine because then at least nothing bad has happened. But you know, Sarah's already indicated that it has been very difficult for us as individuals, um, financially, of course, psychologically, professionally, whatever it might be, it's been incredibly tough. But even worse than that is that it has acted as a chill factor for other search and rescue organizations. There are now, there are now no active search and rescue organizations on the island of Lesbos. And there are fewer people who are willing to help because they're afraid that they will get embroiled in these incredibly costly, incredibly traumatic experiences.
0: And, of and, they and never risk be. going to jail exactly, exactly. And risk criminalising themselves for the rest of their life. So, you know, you want to practise law, you can't. You want to be a teacher, you can't. You want to be a nurse, you can't. You want to be a doctor, you can't. You know, you can't. There's lots of jobs you can't do if you've got a criminal record. So what, and and just also, it's just frightening, just very frightening that you could be there doing something that's um, a humanitarian thing and suddenly the police are going to come along and arrest you and handcuff you to somebody. So what, so how can we put pressure on is it the right thing to do to put pressure on this judge? <coughs> and if so, how can we?
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, the Greek judicial system <coughs> remains an impartial system, and all of those things. Um, but what we what we really hope to do in this last week before trial, I think, right, Sarah, is to kind of have people post about this. It's it's. I was saying this earlier um, as well that it, it's so terrifying that Twitter. And Zoom are like some of our best tools for human rights at the moment. Apparently, Prime Minister Mitsotakis, the Prime Minister of Greece, takes his Twitter incredibly seriously. Apparently, one dare say more seriously than his judicial system. And so, if we can poke him and re- and talk about and pressure and say that you know it's actually completely wrong that one would criminalize the principle of trying to help or indeed criminalize people for trying to seek asylum, if we can state that to him publicly on Twitter. That might actually make a difference.
0: Okay, so we all have to tweet the Prime Minister of Greece. And can <laughs> you example, yeah. can you give us the can you give us the app so we can put it into the show notes, um, and maybe even we can put it up on the screen now. Um, yeah. So
1: if if we actually it would be great if you could, for example, follow why don't we the...
0: do it now? Um, why don't we all? Uh, why don't we all do it at the same time, so we can all tweet? And what would you like us to tweet?
1: Well, our our campaign has been to to drop the charges. Um, And well, actually, it might be good because the UN Special Rapporteur for Human Rights Defenders um, and some MEPs might begin talking about this. But if we can just point out to the to the Greek government that they need to drop these charges, that these are human rights, which has said baseless accusations against us.
0: Is his is his Twitter Prime Prime Minister Gr? Is that the Twitter?
1: I have to confirm. Actually,
0: it says here Prime Minister Gr. So it's like the presidential one.
1: That makes sense. Kyriakos Mitsotakis
0: is his name. Um, I've got the, well, this one's got 655.7 uh, oh, six, thousand followers. So it's got over half a million followers. So I think this that's must be one. him. That's Is that it? Bad. So that's an easy one. At Prime Minister, capital G-R, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's cap sensitive. At Prime Minister, G-R. Um, what would you like us to tweet at him? Because we can all do it at the same time. Um, can we say we could put a dot in front of it because um, otherwise not everyone else will see it and it's more embarrassing if other people are seeing it. Do we want, what do you want us to say? Please drop the charges? Please.
1: I think, I think one of the most important things to say would be that we, at Human Rights Watch, for example, and other organisations have said these are baseless charges, and that they should be, they should be seriously investigated whether these are bona fide. But yeah, we should say to drop the charges. That's exactly what we're calling for. That's what please our
0: campaign drop, is called. drop for. the base. The um, please. Oh, somebody's writing something here for me, Kieran. Um, here we go. Oh. Dot Prime Minister dropped the charges. I don't think that's enough information, though. Um, okay, so we pro- drop the charges. You're uh, drop the charges against the humanitarians who who did search and rescue and are not sure. smugglers. Or what would you what would you like us to say? What's our what's our best form of words? Does anyone have anything from Amnesty? wants to give us a form of words because if we'd all do it at the same time and then we can put it on the podcast they'll get lots of these and you can put it into your own words if you want uh somebody's saying i I would say we all tweet i think we can just stay with the hashtags they're already saying enough um okay someone's saying um drop the charges against the search and rescue humanitarians i should think we should say drop the baseless charges against the um against the humanitarian the search and rescue humanitarians and then free humanitarians and it's um, uh, is yeah, the exactly. ch- hashtag. Um, and then
3: sea rescue is not a crime. Yes, open the borders. Refugees are welcome here. There's all the hashtags that they're
0: really, really obvious. Great. Sea rescue. should use them. Perfect. So hashtag sea rescue is not a crime. Hashtag open um, the borders. Open the borders. Hashtag and hashtag refugees welcome. Refugees welcome. Fresh, hashtag. Free humanitarians. So if everybody, if everybody today. could um, could tweet something like that, everybody who's watching tonight, everybody who's listening on the podcast, and the Twitter is really easy. It's at Prime Minister P R I M E Minister G R. Um, and the more people who do that, and the more you can get other people to retweet and to tweet to, put it on your Twitter, on your Instagram, your TikTok hey, everyone, it's going to take you 10 seconds to do this, but if enough of us do it, it just shows Greece we're watching. It shows the Greek government and the Greek prime minister, the world is watching and we see what you're doing and we understand the reasons you're doing it and we find it pernicious and disturbing and, and, and absolutely iniquitous. We will not forget this. So you better... Drop the charges and apologize because this is fascistic and it's 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 done so cynically as well. They yeah. know, they know that you're not the smugglers, they know that you're the humanitarians. So we need to put the pressure on for the next seven days and get as many people, like tweet every day for the next seven days at the Greek Prime Minister and just try and get as many people in your WhatsApp groups to do it. Just like just keep the pressure on because it's very likely that he will go oh God I don't want all of this on my Twitter. oh my God I'm, this is embarrassing like what are you doing like just drop the charges because we look we look embarrassing now. Um, somebody has put Amnesty Island petition um, so uh, maybe pop that up that's in the box. can everyone see that? Yes to everyone. Um, and we can also put that in the show notes. Um, you can sign the Amnesty Island petition. And uh, somebody here says a lot of Greeks will support in the same way. I will not support in the same way at this. I see. A lot of Greeks will not support in the same way at this point. So uh, we need a big international international lobby because they really do respond to, um, oh, A lot of somebody says a lot of OSC, a lot of Greeks will not support in the same way if you include the open the border part and refugees welcome. So, Um, how do you feel about that, Sarah? uh, um, uh, I'm
3: gonna be very honest. I don't care (laughs) because it's really the time that people really open eye, and I it's it's really embarrassing and tiring that we keep put this the things behind. And it's really more embarrassing that we're still talking about it. It's been six years since I left Syria. It's been six years since I've been speaking every single day about this. Mm-hmm. Um It's not my job. It's not Sean's job. It's not your job. It's all of us' job. It's all of us' duty to do this. People come to me now and say, you talk like we owe you something. Yeah, you do owe me something when there's four years old children still dying in the sea and we are sitting behind our screens deciding what we want to post and whatnot. I'm, don't take it personal. I'm not attacking you, the person who just said that. I'm talking in general we're talking about a tweet and there's so many real lives are uh, being lost out there. So I think it's time to upgrade and really move on with our life because we're going to have a climate refugees where we're going to take them and how we're going to we deal with them. Well, we had refugees that are still already arriving. We don't know how to deal with them. So, and people and look at me and look at my, the, the work I do and look at stuff I do. Every single refugee is the same. We are coming here to study, to continue our education, to get our jobs And to just be humans, to have the right to exist. Mm -hmm. We are not planning on taking anyone's job. We're not planning on taking anyone's space. Refugees are not coming to live in your uh, living room. They're coming to have just a safe place. All I left Syria for is just to be able not to have a noise and I could be able to just not hear anything, imagine. And even when I first arrived here, I got so traumatized because I was so uncomfortable with silence around me. So... It's just this conversation needs to stop because for God's sake, like seriously, just put, put in your in your head. Just take, as we said, take five minutes after this call and think about yourself being in this situation. Or imagine you have your sister who, my sisters, I came with 17. The other one was seven when they came. I still till today, I cannot sit down and think about what my parents and my younger sister and my other sister have been through. And just think about it, how painful it is to think about having your family in this situation. Just imagine. And then after all of that, we come and we have to deal with this. Mm. You know, like the sad part, I didn't really have to deal with any trauma or healing or or I I was fucked in my brain because of the crossing of the war. This situation really destroyed everything. Mm. And it's sad because I left where I come from because we are do not have democracy. We have unjust. And we're just not able to do like Whatever you do, there's no justice. And then I come here. I left all of this. I left my homeland and I left my family back home. I have family back home. I didn't see my grandmother for six years. I cannot see her because I'm bad, because I'm an activist here or whatever. It doesn't matter. And we all through, went through that in COVID. And we saw, how, we saw how bad it is to not be able to go to see your family. And we saw how bad it is to not be able to see a doctor when we want. And we saw how bad it is to fight over toilet papers in a bathroom, uh, in the in the um supermarket. So and imagine we're living our whole lives like this. So it's just like mm-hmm. I, I understand can't keep this having this conversation anymore. I'm, I'm seriously tired of keep yeah. saying that, you know. I don't care what people think anymore. It's This earth is not our own. It's Mm -hmm. how much you pay for your house. It's not your own. We all live here equally together. Mm -hmm. And we all need to start seeing that and act like that because enough is enough. Seriously. People really like look at Afghanistan for God's sake and what's happening there. How did you feel when you saw that in the news? I felt I was. I didn't even believe I would be able to live one day to see something like this. I was ashamed of being alive that I allowed something like this to happen. So, and why we don't care because these third world countries, who are you to decide they're third world countries and decide what we are allowed to do or not? It's just,
0: yeah.
3: I understand. That was your, a very long answer. No, I run It came from
0: the heart because I can't hear this anymore. I understand your passion, Sarah, I really do. Um, yes. Georgias says, just a note, even if it might seem pedantic, the prime minister can't decide to drop the charges even if he wanted to. Yes, sorry, we didn't mean to imply that the Prime Minister will corruptly uh, say to a judge, this is what you have to do. But more that there's like political pressure on a country that knows there's a strategy here, and it's around scaring humanitarians off the beaches who are often from other countries by criminalizing them. Um, so this is a it's a strategy, and that is a political strategy, but we're not implying the PM can WhatsApp the judge. It's more There'll be an understanding. We've all watched Succession. Uh, we know conversations happen behind closed doors. you. Um, uh, somebody's here commenting, but maybe you, maybe other people will um, uh, will will read this in the chat about ancient Greece and the birthplace of Western civilization, including democracy and the rule of law. Um, yes, these are all eloquent points to be made. Um, so do as keep that political pressure up maybe at amnesty uh, in your country in uh, try and get other people by speaking to them, um, what who's who what, what WhatsApp groups are you in? who in your family might respond well um, Do you have a book club where you can say, hey, would you guys mind all sending this tweet for me? We think you know I think the episode that we did with you Sarah it was and in fact the other one we did for Amnesty with you Sean, it got such a huge response of people going, I can't even believe this. And I've even talked to some people who are, I would say, right of centre, who'll go, oh, no, that's beyond a penalty. No, you don't, you don't criminalise people who are saving lives. Like, I think pretty universally people think this is really, really low and disgusting. I think you have to be a, an extremely, extremely particular kind of person to think yeah, that I this is OK. Here, I, will, I, will,
3: like, I agree with you. We see that a lot. And people are like literally, as I said, they react. But the react reaction is not enough. And we need you to speak up for us mm-hmm. because we really we need this. The the more people are coming together, the more people saying this is not okay. This is not sign the petition, share our links, share. We have a great team from free humanitarians. They came together together with Sean, they put on all this campaign together. And we have our um, website that you have literally everything in details. You can donate, you can volunteer with whatever you have and also something that is really beautiful recently that people coming uh, forward to us with their ideas and like some people were like someone just actually actually asked me to download tiktok and start making some videos because they said a lot of to reach yeah. out more people
2: that's one of my least and, favorite
1: ideas so far but yeah me too a, i i'm still
3: do it that i've tried that too but it's just and people are like doing their own like, for example we did a tea party yesterday here in berlin where we came all together and a koya bar and we just sat on the floor and had biscuit and just spoke and then people come with you with ideas so please if you have an idea you don't need our permission just write to us to inform us what you want to do and go ahead and do it like you don't need to be some do something huge anything you can held a event in your school um stand up on stage and say our story speak about us feel free to contact us before uh, you want to create events in your school, we're very happy now. For, for, for COVID, COVID wasn't all bad. There's some things we learned. Basically, now we're able to be together in one place, even not in the same country, like without being together technically. So you, we can call, we can speak over Zoom with the, all the school donations because we need, we have to pay a lot for our lawyers as well. And it's just the beginning. Where it's can been we three do- years. So when people ask... Where can the, we donate, the money, Sarah? Uh, it's you find everything on our uh, free humanitarian's website, okay, and we so can
0: th- add the link of the website here. Right, it's a free well. free, free humanitarians.org. Oh, I
3: don't
0: know, yeah. it's hum- really
1: important that you go to .org. There's
0: a funny <laughs> story here book.
1: that is really, really horrible, but um, don't tell the story because it's going to confuse people. I will tell the story because I teased it now. Um, <laughs> okay. um, we had a free humanitarian when we were in prison. Um our friends created this campaign called Free Humanitarians, as it is called now again, but they purchased FreeHumanitarians.com. And we for someone just down the line just never didn't renew it. And so it was left empty. The hosting that was left empty. And so somebody purchased it. And somebody purchased it, I think, in order to extort us for it oh. back, because now it's populated for a uh purchase a Russian wife on FreeHumanitarians.com. So when people now mistype the um, the website, oh they're God. taken to what is effectively a trafficking website, which is... <gasps> oh what, is what is
0: wrong with people?
1: That's an ideal thing, of course.
0: What is wrong with people? I mean, God, have holy have hell. <laughs> oh, my God. So please oh, go God. to freehumanitarians.org O-R-G, and get involved in any way you can. Make some noise wherever you are. And also, whichever country you're watching from, do start looking out for what for what laws i mean this our borders bill is bringing this in here so mm. if a fisher if a if a fisherman woman p- person um sees a struggling boat and goes oh my god those children are falling in the water and reaches in and helps them they'll be in the same position so we have to we have to fight it we have to be writing to our MPs wherever you are Check, you know, if you're in the UK, a lot of people will be on the UK here. Um, write to your MP, at Pretty Patel, um, you know, Boris Johnson. Let them know you care. Talk about it to your family at Christmas because you will find that very few people, are, uh, if anybody, is okay with that, but that is what they're bringing in here. And people people aren't looking. We've got a huge Tory majority. Um, you have one week to bombard the Greek Prime Minister and maybe the Minister for Defence, uh, Minister for um, for Justice, um, and really try and get them to sit up and listen and go, okay, this this doesn't sound great for us and this doesn't look great for us, and put political pressure mm-hmm. on because political pressure does does work, um, and then just keep an eye out because this is going on further and further. And the other, there's 24 of you in in total. Are you all going to try it at the same time?
1: yeah ostensibly we are all. I mean, so some of the people we don't know and the prosecution they've just they've just chosen names from a WhatsApp group and decided they are culpable, but they don't know who they are, and we don't know who they are. see so you don't know who the other people are. we know some of them, but not all of them. Wow, and the authorities certainly don't
0: okay. So is there anything um you came to say that you didn't get to say, anything you would like to ask for? Anything you would like to share? Anything you need to get off your chest?
3: I do. Go for that's it, Sarah. That's my, my moment to shine. No, no I, I would just say to people, I mean, um, I know it's it's tough, you know, to, and look, it's my story. I'm saying it's tough for all people to hear of that. But what I really, really want people when they're hearing this to think, really think about your kids. I'm 26 and Sean is 27. When this happened, I was 23 and he was 24. And if we got convicted, we're going to be out when I'm 50, 50 something. I know this sounds really like, whoa, it's going to not happen. It is going to happen if people do not speak up. I beg people to really have mercy and look at us because we're really, really, really in a sensitive situation. And this is always, that's the last hope I have. My hope is the people speaking us, speaking up for us we are tired and we really need your help. And so please do anything you can do. You don't want just... In the morning, we share our stories on Instagram. Just, it might sound and look really ridiculous, but how did you know, Deborah, Deborah that we have a court date again? is it from Instagram stories of mine? Yeah. So that's it. It's as simple as that. So that's all we're asking from you. Just think about it. That I will be out from prison by the age of 50. Now I should be thinking about what I want to do next. And to make myself more, to bring me, because we're not superheroes either. I want to go to fashion school. I want to be a model. So I I have dreams like all of you. And so just see it as that. And Sean studying law and he's becoming a lawyer. So we're not superheroes who want to stay on the islands. And what is this? Oh my God, he's a nerd. You're like one of the smartest students that ever saw Sean stuff, for God's sake so basically just think about us as as humane as you can and please don't leave us in this period because we really need you sean
1: yeah i mean definitely i, I feel the exact same way minus some last bits that there said um and um but i would also echo what you said deborah which was that this is this is wider this is happening everywhere and that it Can affect all of us. I know that search and rescue doesn't seem like it's it's hard to feel like your one is close. It's close to you, or that you necessarily feel close to it as an as a as an occurrence. But it's not just about search and rescue. Greece criminalizes search and rescue now, and we see that happening in Italy as well, for example. But whether if you're like a feminist organization in Poland right now, you're also facing pressure if you're if you're anything any kind of civil society organization in in Hungary, you're facing this kind of pressure. This is like a general backslide on, on the principles of human rights and of the respect for laws. And we need to push against that because it is, as Sarah said, it's about us potentially going to prison for 25 years, but it's also about the risk that we all face about going to prison if we don't stand up against this backslide on the rules of law.
0: We must... We must keep the pressure up and we must not be allow ourselves to be fatigued by it. We must be resistant and we must be resilient. Um, and we must come together with joy and heart in order to fight it. Um, I'm really scared for you guys and I'm really hopeful for you guys. Um, but is there any way we can, like, watch what happens? Is this... Is presumably, this is all in a courtroom where nothing's streamed or televised or anything like that. That's right. Will anybody be doing social media to tell us what it is that's going on in there?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we'll try to update people um, regularly. What do you think, Sarah? Can we do something like a live or keep people in? Yeah,
3: I think we, we were planning on doing some Instagram takeover from influencers' Instagrams when we were there. Um, yeah. Ourselves from Free Humanitarians and my own. My, talking about myself, I will be posting all the time whenever we can. Um, and when we are inside, I think uh, for sure people who's are on Lesbos already and all our legal team will report to Free Darren's team and they will post. I think that's the only way we can keep this going.
0: Somebody's, um, somebody's asking uh, if they can do an article about you and they're leaving their details there. Um, somebody else is leaving the Donate and Donate and Share page. Um, So that's the other thing is uh, if you are a journalist or somebody with a platform, if you can write about it and if you are, um, if you have, you know, even a couple of pounds or euros to put in, um, please do. If you can afford more, you know, anything between one euro and a hundred thousand euros will be gratefully received. Um, It's Christmas soon. So, you know, be generous uh, if you possibly can afford it, um, uh, you're always welcome to do a takeover of the Guilty Feminist or my um, personal Instagram or Twitter if you'd like to, or get anybody else on your socials doing that because we'd love to support you in any way we can. Thank We're you. scared for you. Thank we you so much. we love you. We wish we could hug you in real life, but um, we think it's like hopefully a, we will. I feel like I feel like I feel like it's going to be okay. I can't yeah. imagine that they could possibly look at you and hopefully they're trying to make an example to scare people off, but they're not going to go any further. Um, and hopefully we won't be scared off.
1: I don't think we will be.
0: Oh, guys.
1: Not for lack of trying.
3: Yes, uh, we're ready. we we'll, do whatever comes, I think. you And you, you know right. what? If we'll we be. are
1: inside, if we are inside, you can always come visit us because uh, it's oh, a lovely God. part <laughs> of
3: the world. Okay, I think it's time to go home. <laughs> Bye, guys.
1: Have <laughs> time.
0: <dying. laughs> I definitely will come over and visit you but I really if that happened but I really hope it won't and I hope that we can put some pressure on this week and that this You
1: could you could bring baked goods with uh, chisels. Okay, to I'm them.
0: gonna, I'm gonna close, guys. Okay. <laughs> Sarah can't handle it. I'm uh, busy. Okay, I'm, I'm, Sarah, I'm we okay. we love you, and uh, go back to whatever it is that you're doing in Berlin, studying. Um, and I'm uh, oh, actually sure. not
3: studying. Just so legit. it's that's what went wrong. I dropped out of school last year. Did you? Yes. What you doing? I'm someone now? who cannot commit to something, which is education. I'm not saying no one cannot do that, but I'm just. More into my own world, which is more experience. So. But now I'm I'm um, planning to send my portfolio to modeling agencies. I wasn't joking about that. And I want to get into the fashion school, like fashion design, but not from school-wise, more experience. That was a dream of mine since years. So well, so hopefully after this is over, I would do that.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's quite difficult to keep your mind on university while you're going through all of this trauma as well. Uh, so yeah. I really hope that... Um, these ridiculous charges are dropped and that you can live out all of your dreams and fantasies in fashion, uh, which is something that you should be able to do like any other young woman with dreams and aspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you both. Thank you to Amnesty uh, for co-hosting this um, and we'll keep everybody posted. Um, to everybody out there on the Guilty Feminist feed, please do your best to support Sarah, Sean and the others who are going through all of this. And we can put all the details on the show notes as to how you can do that. Thanks, gang. Thank Love you. Gan. you so us. See Bye. Bye. <laughs>